Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Friday edition of the program. I'm glad to be back with you. How could we not do a show after last night's Indiana win 67-51 over Ohio State? But I'll tell you, the last couple days I've not had a voice and it's not that much better today. So bear with me, but had to come back today to have a live show to recap everything last night. Obviously a statement win by the Hoosiers at home last night over a very good Ohio State team. Hard to believe at one point in the closing minutes of that ball game, IU had a lead by as much as 17 points over the Buckeyes, uh, which would go on to be a huge win for IU last night. Also, just a reminder to fans uh, here in year one of Mike Woodson, and I'm sure we had some of these same conversations in year one of Archie Miller, but just a few days ago, Sunday afternoon, so our Monday show, uh, fans were losing their mind about the team and about Trace Jackson Davis and about the NCAA tournament, and uh, it was all but over for this Indiana team. People, some ready to be done with Mike Woodson, and that's just how some fans are. I know that's the case with every program, but just a few days later, a midweek game, a Thursday night game over Ohio State, Uh, Indiana gets maybe its biggest win of the season, definitely its biggest performance of the handful of Big Ten Conference games that they have played so far, and so things appear to be more than back on track. Now, Indiana with another big opportunity coming up Sunday with Minnesota coming to town. We know it goes without saying in college hoops. I used to say just the Big Ten, but really it's college hoops as a whole. you got to win your home games. It's tough to go on the road. There are just so many factors uh, in, in that make it tough to go on the road. And so if Indiana can beat Minnesota, that's another big uh, boon for this Indiana team here early in the conference season. But nonetheless, lots of reasons to be excited about IU basketball after last night's victory, not just a win over number 16 ranked, an upset win over number 16 ranked Ohio State at home, but Trace Jackson Davis was back to his dominant self. Uh, you know, Coach Woodson, uh, after the game on Sunday and then Monday night, here on the Big X and his weekly coaches show, he he was pretty uh, damning in some of the words he had to say about Trace Jackson Davis, specifically his rebounding. And uh, Trace uh, had a huge performance. We'll go through his stat line here in just a few moments last night. Also, obviously, if you watch the game, especially the close of the game, Trey Galloway, his return seemed to really lift this Indiana team. Uh, he was solid and consistent in all the minutes he got throughout the game. And then a couple big, big steals and plays at the very close of the contest, basically to put it away for the Hoosiers, uh, earned him the game ball. I saw a little clip this morning on uh, the IU basketball social media account 
uh, Coach Woodson saying uh, what a great win it was, and then he kind of leaned over and tossed the game ball to uh, Galloway in the return contest for him last night. So maybe he will be, with what he brings to the table, kind of a lifting uh, that IU needs, an uplift that IU needs here at this point of the season. But uh, nonetheless, a huge, huge win for IU. I know it's still early, but IU, after the loss to Penn State, kind of dropped off some of the NCAA tournament projections that are out there. And, again, that's going to change and vary after each and every game and each and every week of the season, and there's still a long way to go. But uh, a win last night, I think, clearly gets IU back in conversation at this early point in January uh, for the NCAA tournament. And I understand uh, for fans, for people like me covering this team, talking about it every day, uh, you got to get to the NCAA tournament. This is Indiana. It's a program that that's has been the standard over the years, and there's been a real uh, glitch in that, if you want to say so, in recent seasons. Uh, but it's a basketball state. Uh, we're a blue blood in college hoops still. And uh, the NCAA tournament is kind of a, a minimum standard, you would think, for this program moving forward. And that's obviously Coach Woodson's goal in year one to see if he can help deliver that for the program. And obviously Ohio State last night a big win as well. One other thing I want to mention here right out of the gate, the Big Ten Conference, what a crazy week it was for the Big Ten Last night, obviously, Indiana kind of shocking folks with the win over Ohio State. But earlier in the week, it was Purdue that got beat, uh, which was a big surprise to start the week. Then one of the days I was off, it was in my notes, but we didn't have a show. Michigan goes down, I think it was to Rutgers. Uh, So obviously some surprising results so far by teams in the Big Ten that you thought maybe were going to be the dominant teams at the very top. Uh, specifically talking about Purdue and Michigan. And I still have a feeling that the Boilermakers are really good. They've got a chance to win the league title. They've got a chance to be really, really – I think they are really, really good this season. They're, they've just had some slip-ups. Every every team does. But I, I would almost like to to change my projection on – my personal projection on Michigan at this point. I thought they, too, would be very dominant in the conference, and uh, they just haven't been. And we'll see how things correct themselves or don't moving forward for Jawan Howard and crew. But I think at this point of the season, maybe Wisconsin is one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten, and that's a team that Indiana had down 21 points in the first half three, three and a half weeks ago up in Madison. We all know what happened in that game, and the final result, Wisconsin came storming back. But uh, Johnny Davis has had huge back-to-back games and really kind of stepped up as one of the Key players in the Big Ten Conference, I think him and Trace Jackson Davis have maybe been two of the more consistent players in the conference so far this year. But that's something else today we'll chat about is the Big Ten as well. And uh, I think Wisconsin right now in a really good spot here as we get into the uh, second week of January coming up next week. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments, our headline segment, summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana Sports News will recap the IU win last night. There's a lot to go through from that. Also, we'll get you set for a slate of high school basketball games tonight. Basically, across the area, we've had two snow days or two virtual education days, so not a lot of games or activities last night, but I do think on this Friday, now that it's been uh, 24 hours or so, or it will be by the time tonight arrives since the snow was here, that a lot of the games scheduled for Friday uh, will go on. Now, one of the games that isn't going to happen tonight, we've known this for a week or so, or more than that, really, 
is the Jeffersonville-New Albany rivalry game. The Red Devils back from COVID, but uh, practicing only and uh, getting back into game shape. Uh, that New Albany-Jeff rivalry that's always on this first Friday of the month uh, will take place in February now, February 16th, a Wednesday night to be exact. But there are some other good games, including a lot of rivalries tonight, and so we'll cover those for you coming up here a little bit later in segment one as well. <coughs> Excuse me, cough break. Also, a little bit later in the hour today, Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He will join me as we touch base on everything that happened last night with the Hoosiers. We've got some football news as well, a new quarterback in the fold from the transfer portal for IU football. We'll discuss that. And we got to go ahead and get you ready for the IU Minnesota game. Uh, coming up on Sunday afternoon. So we'll do that today. And then a little bit later in the show, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star joins. Kyle had a fantastic piece yesterday or earlier in the week. I'm so confused with being out. Uh, but earlier in the week, let's say, on uh, he followed one of the my favorite officiating crews around, high school officiating crews, boys basketball uh, around for a day. They uh, did three different games in a day and a really good piece on them and just officials in our state. Of course, we all know that there's a lack of referees and officials really in all sports, and it's not just here. It's across the country, uh, and it's very concerning as you think uh, about the future of both high school and youth sports, and so we'll cover that with Kyle. We'll talk some high school notes and uh, also some other things going on with high school hoops that we'll get to with Kyle a little bit later in the hour today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into our headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news uh, let's let's just kind of go through the IU game, some of the top performers, some of the key moments, some of the big takeaways. Remember, Indiana, who always gets off, it seems, to slow starts, was down 15-7 uh, in the first eight minutes or so of the ball game last night. At that point, you think this could be a long night for Indiana. However, the Hoosiers uh, came back, made a comeback, and actually took a 33-30 lead into the locker room at halftime. Trace Jackson Davis had 16 of Indiana's 33 halftime points at the break to lead the team. Uh, and Indiana just seemed to have a good momentum about them heading into the locker room after the slow start. Coming out of the locker room to start the second half, a really good game, a back-and-forth battle. Ohio State kept things very close. Uh, the Buckeyes would get things within one point at 46-45, but after that, Indiana seemed to have an answer every step of the way in the closing minutes, moments of the ball game last night. And Indiana really, you could say, dominated the final seven, eight minutes of that contest last night. They had a 9-0 stretch, which got them out to a 52, uh, took a 52-48 lead out to 61-48 uh, with about three minutes or just over three minutes left in the game last night. So, Indiana now 11-3 and overall. The Hoosiers have not lost at home, which is a big mark, uh, and then 2-2 two and two in Big Ten play. And if you think about the Big Ten conference record, I thought the Penn State loss on Sunday was maybe a, just a, a terrible performance by this team, one of the worst shooting and defensive performances that we've seen so far this season. So you go from that negativity 
uh, on Sunday afternoon to such a positive moment on Thursday night with a win over number 16-ranked Ohio State. And then the other loss in the Big Ten Conference, it's a game against Wisconsin, who's surging in league play. And Indiana was ahead 21 points at one juncture of that ball game. So if you think about it, it, as a whole picture, a 2-2 and record, given the losses, uh, I know the 21-point loss or or come-from-behind effort from Wisconsin to give Indiana loss is frustrating for fans. I understand the Penn State performance overall, uh, the way Penn State was able to hit threes late, uh, just kind of daggers. Very disappointing for fans to see that as well. But Overall, this Indiana team pretty strong, and I think a two and two record at this point. You'll take it uh, heading into the Minnesota game on Sunday. Also, last night Trace Jackson Davis dominant. Uh, he recorded his twenty seventh career double double of the season, and I'd love to know where that stands and have to look this up on the all time uh, IU list as far as career double doubles. But twenty seven points, twelve rebounds for Trace Jackson Davis in thirty four minutes. Race Thompson, he seems to always hover right around a double-double as well. He had 11 points last night, just seven rebounds last night. Normally he's up there between nine and 11 rebounds, it seems, but 11 points and seven rebounds for him. And then I think you drop down Trey Galloway next in his return game, eight points. He had both of his free throw attempts. He had four assists. Uh, also, three rebounds to go with that stat line as well. And uh, I think he had a couple steals as well. So a good return for Trey Galloway, including some big steals. Obviously, uh, in the we know he had two steals, the two that came very late in the ball game to help make it a dominant IU win last night. Uh, so he was very important to the IU. And, and even outside of his stat line, he seemed to bring some things to the IU club last night that were very important. So overall, really good moments last night for IU. IU winning at home, which is something Mike Woodson has stressed in his time there so far, something that Bob Knight, his coach, stressed to him to have kind of some dominance at home with Assembly Hall and the great fan base that IU has Uh, So that obviously was something to pay attention to, I thought, last night as well. And Joey Brunk with his return to Assembly Hall. When I sat down to watch the ball game last night, I really had forgotten about uh, Joey Brunk until I saw him on the bench. And he did get some time last night. In fact, I think the replay was shown at least three or four times on the uh, broadcast of Trace Jackson Davis trying to save the ball. And this was completely... Uh, unintentional, but trying to save the ball back in bounds right off of Joey Brunk's head or face or whatever you want to say. Uh, so he got a real welcome back to Assembly Hall in, in that manner last night. But for so many reasons, coming off the Penn State loss, the bad defensive effort, the bad offensive showing, specifically in that Penn State game, uh, the early Big Ten you know, concerns about getting off to a bad start in conference play, NCAA tournament resume, uh, being in the tournament at this point, out of the tournament at this point, for so many reasons. It was a big, big win for Indiana last night, and now they've got to close the week out on Sunday with a win at Minnesota for another home opportunity for this team. So more IU basketball coming up a little bit later in the show. A couple other quick headlines I want to get to today. Former University of Missouri quarterback Connor Bazelak announced his commitment to IU basketball. That came on Thursday. Uh, He's coming out of the transfer portal as a redshirt junior, so he will have three years of eligibility remaining. He was the starting quarterback for Missouri in 2020 and 2021. 
And in 2020, he was named the SEC Conference Co-Freshman of the Year, according to a vote by the coaches. So uh, a four-star recruit out of high school, the number 10th ranked pro-style quarterback in the country. He came out of Archbishop Alter High School in Dayton, Ohio, according to the 247 Sports Composite Rankings. So a very intriguing prospect. We don't have a lot of time today to dig into him, uh, given we're in the middle of basketball madness right now. But next week when we get some time, Matt Weaver, some of the other IU football folks, will have them on to kind of recap uh, his addition to the program. And uh, I think it's still very possible that Indiana adds another quarterback for next season likely someone that's a late high school commit or a flip from uh, some other level of a Division One program. That was at least kind of the plan that I had heard. But uh, Connor Bazelak, uh, maybe a name that we'll be talking a lot about this offseason as we think about IU football for the upcoming year. Also, high school basketball, no Jeff New Albany game tonight. We'll be at Clarksville, Providence at Clarksville, 7-3 and three Providence, 3-5 three and five Clarksville. It's the town championship in the town of Clarksville. There are some other good games tonight as well. Uh, Borden at New Washington, that's a big Southern Athletic uh, Conference, maybe a 1A sectional matchup there. Christian Academy of Indiana, who is at 6-5, they have their rival school from the same school system on the Louisville side, Christian Academy of Louisville, who's 11-3 tonight. Uh, they are really good. Of course, uh, they have the player Christian Academy of Louisville does that's committed uh, to Ohio State and it's been rumored that they are getting another, uh, I think like a seven-footer from out in the state, an African with African descent. I don't know that he's eligible to play in, in the game tonight as a midseason transfer, but Christian Academy of Louisville was already one of the good programs in Louisville this season, and if the transfer goes through, they could legitimately contend uh, to win their region and make a run at the state tournament as well. So big challenge for Coach Casey and the Christian Academy of Indiana team tonight. Uh, Corden is at Floyd Central tonight. Uh, Silver Creek plays a conference game at Eastern Pekin. Get ready for this. Uh, Eastern Pekin 9-1 and one on the season. So it will be an interesting matchup for the 6-5 and five Dragons. And then on Saturday, Indianapolis Cathedral at New Albany. That's a chance for local games, uh, local fans, I should say, to see Xavier Booker a six foot ten junior center who's averaging about thirteen points and six rebounds a game for the Irish and who of course holds an offer from IU and many, many other schools as well. So just a, a glance at some of the big high school basketball matchups uh, coming up tonight and this weekend as well. Those are our headlines for this Friday edition to the program. I also want to mention that Keontae Goodwin of Charlestown, who reaffirmed his commitment on National Signing Day to U.K. football, he's playing this weekend down in Texas at the All-American Bowl. So he's got a chance there to play with some of the very best in the country down in San Antonio, Texas this weekend. That's a game uh, that is televised, uh, I believe, on the ESPN network, uh, nationally televised, a big opportunity for him in one of the big postseason football all-star games. We'll head to a break. We're back to talk more IU basketball with Dylan Wallace after this here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday edition of the program. Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. We always talk lots of IU hoops and more in this segment. And, Dylan, what a time to talk IU basketball after the win last night. Did you ever see the Hoosiers not only beating Ohio State, number 16 ranked Ohio State at home on Thursday, but did you see them leading in the final moments of that game by 17 points and going on to win by the final margin that they did last night. Yeah, I thought they could win for sure, but um, to see just what they were able to do down the stretch, holding Ohio State scoreless for what seemed like a really long time, and just kind of building that lead up and up, um, I didn't expect it to be by that much. You know, I, I thought they could have had a chance to win for sure. You know, it always seems like Indiana, for whatever reason, whenever they get that big. The big non-conference game, the first like big Big Ten game in Assembly Hall, uh, they usually always come through. Uh, so I was expecting a good performance from the team, and it started out kind of shaky. You know, I think Ohio State was up fifteen-seven. You're kind of like, oh boy, like does the offense it looks stagnant? You know, it was looked difficult, but you know, Trace played really well. Trey Galloway played awesome uh, in his return. Uh, so yeah, that was a, it was a really kind of nice surprise at, at how convincing it was, especially you know, in the final 10 minutes of the game, the way they were able to pull out. The defense was was really, really solid, uh, really stellar. They really kind of made things difficult for E.J. Liddell, who, you know, every time I watch him, uh, he just impresses me. But Indiana did a really nice job on him. Uh, So it was a really good game. And students weren't even there to make Assembly Hall, like, you know, at its fullest capacity. It was still a really, really solid crowd, don't get me wrong. But, you know, the students kind of bring another layer to it kind of possession by possession. So I thought that was a really good win for them. Um, and it was a really much needed win as well. You know, I was, I was sort of dreading, you know, if, if IU lost this game, you know, we'd be coming on and talking about their one and three in the big 10, a loss to Penn state and Ohio state, like where can they make up ground? But this was very much needed for them to kind of bounce back from that ugly Penn state loss um, and kind of get the momentum back. And, uh, you know, this is something that, you know, we've talked about in the last couple of years, but you know you gotta can sustain this momentum. Like you can't go out and land egg on Sunday at home against Minnesota. You know they gotta they gotta keep it up because uh, we've seen that not happen before. But yeah, really really good win and really good convincing win as well. You know they left no doubt uh, that they they were the better team last night, uh, and it was really impressive to see and a really really solid win for Mike Woodson uh, to kick off. You know early parts of the Big Ten. Yeah, no question, and and I think we've got to also right away, obviously, Trace Jackson Davis, and we'll get to him in a moment, but Trey Galloway and the lift uh, both in the stat column and just on the floor that he seemed to bring this team last night, and he had a big close to the game with some steals and uh, just helping IU keep the momentum and, and not just win the ball game but win in a pulling-away fashion last night. Uh, he was a welcomed return to the program yesterday. He was, and I was – sort of surprised because if you remember last year you know he had a really good kind of start to his career in the non-conference slate he was doing a lot of really good things a lot of stuff you saw him do last night you know slashing to the paint cutting you know making nice passes being able to take guys off the dribble uh, but then once they got into the big 10 play last year Trey Gallo was kind of nearing 
I don't want to say unplayable, but you know he was he just seemed very limited, you know, in what he was able to do because he really can't shoot the ball. Uh, and you were kind of like, okay, is he not really like fit for the Big Ten? Like, what, what's this about? But you know, to see him come out last night, um, it was just really, really impressive what he was able to do. Um, and and you're really like, wow, you know, this is what this team has been missing—a guy who brings the energy off the bench who's very concise with, hey, you know, he'll get downhill and attack you off the dribble if you have to. He can make really nice passes. You know, he jumps the passing lanes. You said he got a couple of really nice steals. He just brings so many things to to the team, and it really came to the forefront last night. And, uh, you know, obviously Trace being uh, an absolute beast was, was a big difference, but Trey Galloway was, you know, if not one of the other biggest differences in the game last night. Um, and he's going to be someone that Indiana's going to really, really need. And I'm excited that you know, in his second year, he's obviously developed a little bit more, and I'm excited that he can now be a, an impact player in the Big Ten. You know, because we didn't see it a whole lot last year, so I'm, you know, it's good that he's able to he's been able to do that. And uh, props to him for missing what you know two months of basketball and coming out and you know playing like he hasn't missed a beat. You know, if not, he looked even better than what we saw him before. So he was really impressive. Um, and it's gonna, and you know, I, I know we all say Ray Thompson's kind of the glue gla- glue guy of the team. Trey Galloway might be another one, you know. Um, so I'm, you know, he's going to be a very important piece to this team, and I think Indiana fans, everyone was happy to, to see him back, and hopefully he can continue to kind of make the impact he did last night because uh, it, it was much needed and it was really fun to watch. Talking with Dylan Wallace, he's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. You know, one other thing that stood out to me, especially early in the game, IU got down. I think it was 15-7, the early deficit. I remember in that game, and you think. Gosh, this team and really more of a program historically in in recent years, slow starts has been something that's really hampered the team. And uh, not that that means a 15-7 deficit early on that they can't come back and win the game, especially at home, but it's just not the kind of start you want. And I thought for IU to answer back and to do so after really the first eight, nine minutes of the game was big and they actually took a lead, a three-point lead into the locker room. Yeah, you know, once it was 15-7, you know, I'm kind of like, oh, man, like, what, what's going to happen at this point? Like, is Ohio State going to just pull away a bit, get it to double digits? Um, and he's going to look completely lost, or can Indiana kind of respond a little bit, get the crowd going, you know, get them on their side and and see what they're able to make a run or anything like that? And, you know, they were able to do the latter. You know, they did. They made some really nice plays, and I think, you know, it was 15-7, and I think, you know, before we knew it, Indiana was up 18-16. You know, they made a really nice – kind of surge to, to get back into the game first and foremost, and then also to kind of, you know, teeter back and forth with Ohio State for the lead. You know, Xavier Johnson kind of hit that um, three. Uh, I think they ended up ruling it a two to, to make it like a two-point lead uh, at the half or something like that. I can't remember. But, yeah, you know, they, or, or, you're right. It was three, but it was, a, it was originally four because his toe was on the line or something like that. So, yeah, they took the lead into halftime. You saw Trace kind of waving his arms up to get the crowd amped up as they headed to the locker room. Um, they just really embraced kind of the moment. Uh, and it was really nice to see them respond, as you said, because, you know, we've seen this team not be able to respond to certain things like that. And I do think that's been the one thing about this year's team that's been different is they have responded kind of at every turn, you know, like, uh, you know, Syracuse, they got down big and, you know, they were able to come back, force double overtime. Even the St. John's game, when, when St. John's made a run and like tied the game late in the second half, they responded to, to win the game. You know, Penn State, they went up 10 in the second half the other day. Indiana came back, made it a game. Um, you know, it, it just seemed like they were able to respond a lot better and a lot more. And so when Ohio State went up 15-7, I 
uh, it was nice to not really feel like all all is lost as as if we have you know in the past. You know, it was really nice to know, hey, you know, these guys are capable. You know, we know there's shooters that can knock down a three here or there to get back into it. We know if you can you know pound at the trace, he could probably make a play. And we know the defense uh, is you know more often than not just really really stellar, and they can get stops. And it just comes down to what they can do on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, yeah, it was nice to see them kind of bounce back uh, when they got down dug that hole early. And Ohio State didn't go away for a while, you know. I remember thinking in the second half, like, Indiana would be up, like, five or six, and Ohio State all of a sudden, like, two possessions, it's either tied or they're down two. And I'm just like, man, if Indiana can only get up, like, ten or eight or something like that to get a little bit of breathing room, and, you know, they ended up being able to do that. So credit to them for pulling away at the end. Dylan, Mike Woodson in year one, of course, former IU standout, played for Bob Knight. It's just so interesting at the – press conferences and when he speaks to hear him reference Coach Knight and bring him into the fold uh, more than what has happened under other coaches. And I'm not faulting anyone or saying anyone's right or wrong, but it just seems naturally right when you hear this kind of stuff. But Coach Woodson has said multiple times so far this year, and including heading into the season, that one of his themes in year one is winning at home and protecting your home court. And we know how important in the Big Ten and college hoops as a whole, that is, it's nice to see Indiana, uh, at least so far, and I know a lot of them have been non-conference games, not Big Ten-level opponents, but Indiana's had some nice home court wins. It's nice to see Indiana uh, protecting its own court, and uh, maybe Assembly Hall in Woodson's time gets back to uh, a really, it's I think already special place when it's rocking and full, but when, if it gets back to an almost impossible place to win at in college basketball. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've seen him embrace it just a lot, saying, like, our goal is to, you know, go and defeat it at home. And it's really nice to hear that, you know. And, I, and it's always nice, it's always fun when you kind of see the uh, pregame uh, videos of Mike Woodson, and he always says, like, nobody's coming in here and beating you guys. And it's just really, you know, it's, it's kind of a goosebump moment. You're like, Oh man, like, let's go, you know, let's, let's see if they can defend this home court. You know, the crowd's going to bring it in big games. You know, you know, that's what's going to happen. As long as the play on the floor gives them a reason to, to get excited, you know, they're going to be amped up and ready to go. Students come back uh, for Sunday's game. Um, and, you know, I think some will probably still be traveling back for, from uh, wherever they were in the holidays. But, you know, students will be back in full force, uh, you know, the rest of the Big Ten. So it's going to be – I think Assembly Hall is going to be rocking a lot this year. And it's going to be really fun to watch on TV, to be there in person, whatever. You know, it's going to be awesome. And in Indiana, hopefully they're able to take advantage of that. Because we have – you know, you're right. We haven't really seen them do that um, in the last couple of years. I think, you know, when they – it was like the year they went to the tournament, I think they actually went undefeated at home um, – in Kareem's like second to last year or something like that, you know, and they won the big 10 that year. And Mike Woodson even said, you know, for us to compete in the big 10 or for us to be one of the top teams in the big 10, we have to win every game at home. And I thought that was really telling. And, you know, he obviously is a player that comes from experience uh, in that regard. And he even mentioned, as you mentioned, you know, coach Knight always stressed how we need to win at home every game, you know, that's, that's the thing we have to do. Cause you know, you know, you know, you know, the road can be difficult and you'll figure it out when you get there, but at home is where, you know, you have the event, you know, you have as, as what most people kind of like to say, the best fan base in college basketball. 
And, you know, you got to take advantage of that. And, uh, I, I like that they've sort of embraced that, and they're really kind of looks like they're taking it seriously. And, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to, to see those games at the end of January. I think it's a Purdue on a Thursday and Michigan on a Sunday. I guess maybe Michigan's not, not a, as good as we thought they might be, but, you know, we'll see. Things can change. But, yeah, those that stretch of games is going to be exciting. You know, Minnesota might be a little bit better than, than we thought, so that game might be cool on Sunday. So, yeah, I think the crowds are going to be great. And hopefully Indiana can, uh, hey, that'd be awesome if they accomplish that goal of going undefeated at home. That'd be big time. Yeah. Hey, and two quick things for you as we wrap this thing up today, and you just kind of touched on one of them. The Big Ten Conference right now, uh, in the first segment today, I kind of just quickly went through uh, a roadmap for the week and how crazy the conference has been. Purdue gets beat early in the week, then Michigan takes a loss, and then, of course, last night, I think it was probably Indiana that was the surprise with the the big victory. But I'm not so sure this soon into the new year. I know we're seven days in. uh, But Wisconsin has been one of the more solid teams so far in Big Ten play. And I say that thinking, man, this Wisconsin team is solid and Johnny Davis is good. Uh, But saying it is knowing Indiana, the team we focus on, had them down 21 points uh, yep. Back in mid December, at that little you know two game Big Ten preview uh, session, as I call it. So uh, Wisconsin, so far a surprise, I think. Uh, and the Big Ten has really been kind of strange to start the year. It has been. You know, I didn't think Wisconsin would be this good either. And uh, I guess it's a good thing they are good because it makes Indiana's loss not look as bad. You know, like they only lost by what two or three or whatever it was to Wisconsin. So I guess that kind of helps out, but. You're right. You're like, wow, look how good Wisconsin is. And Indiana uh, should have beat them and had them down 21 points in their building, you know. Um, so I think it just goes to show that, you know, right now the Big Ten's kind of open for the taking right now. Indiana's 2-2 two and two and in, in a great position. I'm not saying they'll, they'll win the Big Ten, but I'm saying they're in a good position because, as you said, there's not really a team that, you know, has looked like they're far and away the best. Purdue has two losses already. You know, Michigan State's doing pretty well. Illinois has kind of gotten off to a good start. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of wide open right now. Michigan's really been off to a slow start. Uh, you know, it's been tough for them. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not kind of what we thought it might've been, you know, and, and it's going to be, uh, kind of interesting to, to see how it plays out. The big 10 is always, it's always, it's always interesting. You know, there's always a bunch of teams who can vie for sort of the top of the conference spot. And I'm, you know, right now, I think we kind of see, know who it's going to be but uh it's going to be it's going to be fun to kind of see how it plays out and i i know i like indiana's chances to stay competitive for a little bit here you know and that's why i think sunday's game is so big you can't you can't have a layoff you can't lay an egg you got to come out fired up get another big win how about you win by double digits again that'd be awesome you know and then you know you try to take that momentum with you on the road uh going into next week so you know it's definitely going to be interesting to kind of see you know, who the Big Ten teams start to, you know, which one starts to kind of pull away from the field, who looks like they're the better ones. You know, I think we got Michigan State and, and Michigan coming up on Saturday. You know, that's always a good one. Um, and, you know, if Michigan wins that one, all of a sudden we're like, hey, wait, is Michigan back? You know, it's, you know, this is how the Big Ten goes. There's so many ebbs and flows and upsets certain nights and, you know, teams can, can win unexpectedly or, or dominate. You know, it, it, it's a fun conference for sure. And, uh, um, I'm, I'm excited to kind of continue to watch the games all every night and kind of see, you know, what team looks the best. But you're right. I think Wisconsin right now, you look at the best team. I mean, to go into Mackey, um, that's, that's a really, that's a really impressive win. And Johnny Davis was, was, was just balling out that night. And they, they really easily handled Iowa last night as well. I think some people were, 
kind of, you know, some people were a little high on Iowa, you know, about what they could do this season. I know the Keegan Murray guy's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they easily handled them last night. So, you know, they're off to a really good start. So um, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how it plays out. Yeah, no question. And uh, real quick, too, as well, we're, got, we're up against a break here, but uh, new IU quarterback uh, coming in. It's His name is Connor uh, Basilock, I believe I'm saying it correctly. He comes from Missouri and uh, will be a redshirt junior, meaning he's got three years of eligibility remaining. Haven't had a chance to read up too much on him, but he does seem to be an intriguing addition. Yeah, he definitely does. You know, I think he's a pretty good pocket passer, um, so that's good. He's got experience in the SEC, you know, at Missouri. So, um, you know, I, I think, I don't know, I, I can't remember, you know, if, if his name was popping up or if that was something they were going after or it just kind of came out of nowhere. You know, at least to me it came out of nowhere, but I wasn't really following too closely. But I, when I saw it, I'm like, hey, you know, at least they got, you know, a power five kind of quarterback to come in who, who's done some things, who does, who's done some nice you know, pretty impressive things. You know, if you, I'm sure you, you know, people you could go see a club of clips on Twitter or whatever, and they look pretty good as as most will. But um, I think I think it's a good step for them to kind of at least at least get it kind of over with. You know, it, it had been a little bit. And you're like, okay, you know, are they are they struggling to find anybody to come in? You know, and and we'll see. But uh, you know, I, I think it could be a good addition for sure. Um, you know, only time will tell. But I think you know the most important thing is cleaning up the offensive line you know what what's what's the point of having a good quarterback if you can't have anybody to protect them you know so that's going to be another big key thing is is can the offensive line get fixed um will the skill guys around him um, be able to produce i think so i think he's done a pretty good job at kind of signing you know some receiver transfers and running back transfers and things like that so i think that's okay but hey i mean you got to clean up the offensive lines uh to have quarterback success so hopefully all that gets addressed as we head into kind of spring football um but yeah I'm, I'm definitely curious to kind of see how he works out I think he looks like he's got a pretty talented arm and he's a pretty good pocket passer I'm not really sure if he's the scrambling type or the mobile type but I guess you know we'll, we'll be able to see so uh yeah at least, at least they got one in though at least they got one into the building and he can start developing and learning the offense so that's good all right uh, Dylan Wallace he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He joins us Fridays to talk IU stuff and uh, so much more. Dylan, it's great to have you with us here in 2022, and uh, we'll catch up again next week. Yep, sounds good. Thank you, guys. We'll head to a commercial break, and as we do, I forgot to tell you the Thornton's text line is open. It's open each and every day here on the show, the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts, and had a texter write in said, Matt, what's going on with the Colts on the Big X? Uh, yes, we carry the Colts. Not sure maybe if we missed a game because of a conflict with college hoops or something else we had to cover, but uh, yes, we uh, co- carry as many of the Colts games here on the Big X as we possibly can. You got a question about IU hoops, a comment, uh, on the game last night, text them in. We'll work them in in the next segment. Also, uh, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star joining to talk some basketball and more so you can get a question in for him as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. 
You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Friday program. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star with me today. We'll talk some hoops and more. And, Kyle, I wanted to start with a story, a piece that you had uh, that I thought was fantastic here earlier this week about three officials, two of them who I know really well, uh, one of the, I think, great officiating crews in our state. You had a chance a few weeks ago to follow them around on a Saturday when they tackled three games in one day, varsity games, that is, at different locations. And, uh, of course, we know officials sometimes get the brunt of uh, parents and fans and even coaches at times acting a little out of sorts. And we also know that in our state and really across the country, a major problem is in all sports finding enough officials. And there's a big concern uh, moving forward, uh, you know, really immediately, but also down the road, down the line, especially about the availability and, and interest in uh, people getting into the world of officiating, which really isn't always that profitable and sometimes uh, can get you yelled at a little bit, maybe too much. So uh, job well done on that. I wanted to give you a chance to kind of open and promote that and talk about your story. Yeah, I appreciate that, Matt. I, uh, you know, it was, it was a story uh, game, Gary Hamilton and I had talked about doing for a while and just trying to fi- figure out when, uh, you know, over the last probably last three years we've talked about it and figured a holiday tournament schedule uh, day would be probably for the best since they would have, you know, three games in a day and, I could kind of just jump in the car with them and follow them around. And, you know, they gave me, you know, the, the key to a story like that is they give you access to pretty much, and there's a couple things off the record I didn't include. And, you know, some other things maybe that were said that, you know, obviously you don't, uh, you know, put anybody out there or whatever, as far as what they're doing. But for the most part, it was, it was uh, all access, you know, and, and that, that's what made it cool. And I'd never done anything like that before. Um, obviously in my job, I, I think, you know, you're, you're somewhat similar to a referee. You know, if you're covering a game, you don't care who wins or loses. You're uh, just kind of writing the story. You know, I always tell people my job ends March 28th or whatever it is, no matter who's playing, you know. So uh, so it's kind of similar to that. But it, it kind of, you know, watching that unfold, that day unfold, you know, they're more, you know, they go in at halftime. They may talk about a couple plays or a couple of uh you know, players maybe to watch, you know, who are, you know, on both teams who are maybe mixing it up or, hey, we need to watch number three. Uh, he's setting a lot of screens, you know, just keep an eye, whatever the case is. And, you know, from that aspect, I thought it was really unique. Now, most of the games weren't, uh, you know, at least the first two games were pretty, you know, pretty low key, I would say. The coaches in those games didn't really, you know, they, they asked questions a couple times, but nothing really. Uh, to speak of as far as, you know, big blowups. Uh, the last game was a little bit more heated. It was a championship game of the Noblesville tournament. Really good game. And, and uh, you know, and the, and the other two games were one was a first round, one was a third place game. So, and, and holiday turns, I would say, are a little bit more low key anyway. Um, you know, but, but that last game got a little heated. It was interesting to see how they handled it a coach who was sort of, um, he didn't lose his mind, but he kind of got to a place where, uh, you know, and I see it sometimes, you know, and I get it, man, if you're a fan or invested in your team, you start thinking maybe everything's against you. Uh, now I'm sitting there watching it, knowing that's not the case, but I can understand that, you know, uh, when you're in that position. So their, their job was more to manage that, 
game, you know, in every game, really, your, your job as an official is to manage the game. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways I took too, is, you know, they're trying to mitigate how many times you have to blow the whistle for the most part. You know, they're, they're saying, Hey, legal, you know, stay legal or, you know, things like that to players uh, in order to kind of keep the game moving, you know, keep it at a good pace. And these are all three veteran officials, David George and Eric Lowe and Gary Hamilton. They kind of know what they're doing. They're not perfect. They admit it. You know, they, they said as much in the story. We don't catch everything. Uh, it's impossible to get everything. Um, but, you know, I, I was really impressed with how they, you know, like I said, managed the game, you know, and, and, and talked about, you know, they talked about, hey, I don't, we try not to make calls in other guys' areas. You know, it's a kind of a respect uh, you're going to trust. And trust is really the word they use that, uh, that their partner's going to get it, get it in there, get it right in their area. So they don't try to override a, a call or, you know, uh, there may be something the guy may not see in his area that if, from a different angle, you can see it from farther away. But, you know, for the most part, they, they work on their own area. There wasn't a ton of, you know, fan outrage or th- anything like that, that I saw during that day. Um, like I said, just the last game got a little bit heated, but, uh, overall, it was really it was fun to take a peek behind the scenes. I, I ran into some officials last night who, you know, thanked me for writing it. I was at a different game, and um, you know, but uh, so I, I think to give that perspective is important. And you know, everybody's not going to all of a sudden <laughs> treat officials differently. But I thought maybe giving a, a different uh, kind of a human side to it might help a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Talking to Kyle Denrip of the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, as we close out the week, we're headed into another big weekend of high school basketball games. But one game will be noticeably missing from the state's lineup tonight, and that's New Albany hosting Jeffersonville. That game has been postponed until the middle of February because of some COVID issues with the Red Devils. They're just now able to get back in practice mode and uh, plan to start playing again a week from today, next Friday, when they take on Floyd Central. That's a big loss to, um, uh, you know, a, a key game this time of year in our state and I'm curious as you survey the entire state uh, how are we doing as far as getting games in on time as we battle this uptick of the Omicron variant here in our state well we're we're losing some and I don't know if it's if it's up or down over the last couple of weeks I know over the holiday break um you know the tournaments Mooresville had to drop out of the uh uh, Lebanon tournament, which I was hoping to see them play because they're they're off to a really good start. Um, you know, there's been some you know miscellaneous games here and there. I'm curious about the Marion County tournament next week. You know, your your 16 teams in a you know a pretty good sized tournament. What are the odds all 16 are going to be able to play? I, I haven't I haven't heard anything yet, uh, but but uh, you don't know for sure at this point uh, if that'll stay <clears throat> stay intact. And you know, I think it's just a I think it's a thing where we're going to have some games that are called off. And you know, I know you and I have talked about this. We're hoping we're through this part. And I, from what I've read here in about, you know, three weeks, we should probably, uh, you know, start to get through the worst of it. But I think January is going to be a little bit of a, of a bumpy ride. Uh, I'm sure some games are going to get called off and that's just going to be the way it is. And, you know, I know there's a, you know, some of the, the kids in my older son's grade again, who have it and they're unable to, go to school for a while. So, you know, it's just, a, you know, we're, we're kind of going through it again. And, um, you know, I know it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating to, to say the least uh, in a lot of different ways, but, uh, but I think that that's just going to be part of where we're at with it. And you know, I was covering the Hendricks County tournament last night and I'd, I'd forgotten that that 
the whole thing was called off last night. They didn't have, it didn't even have a Hendricks County tournament. So, you know, at least we're back to, to doing some of the things we lost last year, but there are some individual teams, like you said, uh, that are having to, to sit out for a while and hopefully those games can get rescheduled. I think we're going to be uh, hopefully in a better place by, uh, by February. And then obviously once the March starts, then we're on to the sectional game. Yeah, no question. And of course, high school tournament, March Madness at the college level. Let's hope uh, when February, March gets here, we're in a different place. Kyle, have a great weekend. Thanks for the chat today. You bet. Thanks, man. Have a good one. That wraps things up for this week. I'll be with you tonight at Clarksville beginning about 7.15 with our pregame coverage. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.